call is being recorded. Yo, what's up, Al? What's going on, baby? Uh, we're uh, back here with Big House Banner, looking uh, to recap the first away game with Big Ten play on top of it of Michigan football. At Nebraska, no, no easy task. Never is. But um, they have the most sold out consecutive record of anyone. So, which I couldn't believe. I thought that would be U of M for certain. No, I thought man. it's been since the 60s. We had over 100,000 in the stadium. I don't know if that's sold out though. We got we got max capacity at like 113, 114, somewhere around there. You're right. You're right. That's the that's the downside of having the, the biggest stadium in the land. Whoops! Did we do that? <laughs> oh, dude, I was uh, I was in Ann Arbor actually uh, yesterday. I took a nice photo of the new scoreboard. That was they are, I mean, dude, probably like three times the size at least, like of the, of the last. Looking huge. Just trying to contain that noise. Everybody used to complain about that big house, no noise, because it was such a wide. It was designed so wide out, and now they're just putting up walls and they're making it functional. I love it. Yeah, trying to reflect that noise back on the field, dude. Those scoreboards—they have like—they've got like nine columns or something on them. Those things are massive. Second only yeah, to AT&T Stadium, Gary Dome. Yeah, yeah. They literally compared it to uh, I think it was at Rutgers uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So. It was good to it was good to see what we could do on the road at a hostile environment. Because I mean, I remember watching. I think it might have been twenty. Must have been twenty one because I was still in Denver. Uh, the Nebraska game in Nebraska. Yeah, it must have been because we played them here. If we played them, um, dude, it was it was a close game. It was really close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Nebraska, they're they're a tough squad. They've been they haven't been looking too good on the stat sheet and really honestly since they entered the Big Ten. But historically they're a good program and any ro- any road win in the Big Ten is a good win. You can't you can't it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, you can't look past that. Yeah, and you know I I used to have a buddy who was a husker and he would he told me straight up like there's no professional team in Nebraska, so this is their professional squad. Like all they when got. you're playing, yeah, literally that's all they got. Like when you're playing in Nebraska, this is their NFL team. They support it like an NFL squad. They support it like an NFL squad and a college squad at the same time. So yeah. you know to come in and to be winning by forty five zero with four and a half minutes or so left to go in the fourth quarter. I, I don't really – there's not a ton wrong to talk about with this game. But, again, like we've been talking about, you got to pick – you got you to gotta be a little bit picky at this point with, with squads that are two and two, right? Well, that's all we can do at this point. There's Exactly. Right. There's not much to be upset about. So, all you have, all you have is the nitpicky stuff. Which, yeah. if we're getting nitpicky, is man, I would have liked to see a goose egg on the board. Would have really loved yep. to see. Would have loved to see the first shot out of the season. 
Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen, but, you know, well, again, second, third string defense with, yeah, four minutes left in the game, give up one play, which was a big one, but, again, big. second, third string defense, and, and they score one time. That's that's one of defense's M.O. all season long is, I mean, seven points is the most we've given up this season. We've done that a couple times and a couple times given up two field goals. So, I mean, if you if you let up seven points in a game, you expect to win every single game. So yep. nothing, nothing really to complain about there at all. Yeah, I mean, Jesse Minner wanted to have that shout out too. D coordinator, oh. nice and young. And so did we all. So did we all. You saw it. You saw it from the players. Honestly, like after the play, especially with like a few of those uh, the drives that they scored on in the fourth, there there was a few times we had no like opportunities. Like people were pissed, and I like to see the kids get pissed because like, yeah, this is a two and two squad. We are looking for Natty. When you get to the SEC, you can you need that interception. You need it. Yeah. And they know it, though. And that's the best part is that these kids know it. Mentors put it into their head. Uh, Jimmy's put it in their head. We need every opposition to their attack that we can get. It, it's, it doesn't matter if it just seems like, you know, sometimes when I see uh, a fourth and long interception happen and we get tackled further than, like, them just batting the pass down, you know, my whole opinion of that has been changing now. It's like, you know what? Honestly, an interception on the quarterback does more mentally to the offense than it would be for just a bat down to get better field position. If you if you bring that down, you know what? It's a different game. Now, there's different situations where you really don't you really don't want to intercept it, like at the one or whatever. But at the same point, you never know what could happen. If you bat it down, it could go into someone else's arms, it's a touchdown, whatever. Secure the ball, yep. do the deed. And and you could see when they missed that, they they were pissed. And I, I like that. I like that hunger, you know. These kids are hungry, man. Well, a lot of those kids a lot of those kids in the fourth quarter, they know. They know what's at stake. They're they're probably not gonna get too many games for the rest of the season. You know, they're not on the starting squad. And yeah. And we don't have too many big games. I mean, really, it's, it's Penn State and Ohio State is what we're looking forward to. But yep. But still, you get you get midseason and late season. Your your starters stay out there a lot longer. So second and third string, they're out there fighting every single down that they get. So of course they're going to be disappointed, and it's good to see that they're disappointed. Got to do better. But yeah, yeah. But just to bring up, you know, a couple of the highlights of the defense. I mean. This line is looking insane. Like they're actually, I was start look up the. Uh, I was looking up the offensive line, but the defensive line's weight and height is right there with them. They're pretty much all at three, if not three ten, three forty, three thirty, and they they batted down three three passes, one for an interception early in the game, and then we had our cornerback uh, tip tip a tip a pass that could have easily been it could have made the game for uh a 14 they uh nebraska could have scored 14 if our cornerback didn't bat that pass down late and i think it was late in the third quarter so i i gotta tell you man mintner is doing something with this defense right now that's just like i i'm very i'm very impressed 
with specifically our line, but like just the whole scheme in general, it's 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 impressive. Well, and that's kind of what we've been talking about too, is you know we're not we're not necessarily playing lockdown defense on every single pass, every single pass attempt that's out there. You know there are some completions to be had. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it gets annoying, but at the same time we're doing that because we do exactly. We have a solid defensive line and and we know we're going to get pressure on the quarterback. We know there's going to be big boys in his face. We know he's going to have to make some bad decisions and even if you do let them make completions, there're going to be mistakes made. There're going to be deflected balls which lead to interceptions. There're going to be a lot of pressure. The quarterback's going to be scrambling and the quarterback's going to make mental errors, he's going to make bad throws, and that just leads, again, to our defense being able to make big plays. And that's what we're, that's well, really what we're looking for. And and so you're turning me on this whole situation, because I've been complaining about the short flats passes that we're giving out every single game for the first two games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, we're nitpicking here, because we're natty-looking team right now. So, um I will I will admit that I am my whole idea and seeing what Mintner Minter is trying to do here, he's really locking down the flats in terms of yards after catch. That's what I'm thinking at least. He's using that uh second defender of the sideline to make sure that they don't have really anywhere to go. We're we're locking them down like you said last week, keeping the receiver in front of you. The only exactly. thing that I'm seeing right now is that the the post route with another receiver on the same side as that person doing this. So two two guys out to the left. You got one guy on the outside doing a straight fucking fly route, just going to the end zone. And then the other dude right on the inside is playing us about 10, 15 yards out the same way that the guy on the outside is doing. But then he cuts in on the angle to the center and it's burnt us now at least twice. It's not, I don't remember if Bowling Green had one against us or not, but it, that's the only thing we got. We got to figure out how to communicate that better because I love what we're doing uh, with the um, lack of yards after catch. Yeah. But at the same time, we're talking about it just because really the media is talking about it. Freaking everyone think, wants to talk about Ohio State's damn wide receivers and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I don't give a shit about Marvin Harrison Jr., but it is something to be said that they have a wide receiver core, and those wideouts are going to be able to get free, a lot more free than Nebraska's wideouts are going to be able to do to our zone. And if this is a thing that's been happening with Nebraska, Rutgers, and, I, again, I don't know for sure, but Bowling Green, I believe, too, yeah. Oh, it must have been East Carolina. I think it was East Carolina. But either way, it's it's been happening time and time, and it almost looks like the same rece- reception. Because right out of the gate, uh, into the second half, um, uh, Nebraska had that same play. They had done it once before in the first half, but then right out of the gate, they did the same exact kind of route, and they got like thirty, forty yards off of it. So it's it it you, we have to highlight that. Because I gotta believe Mintner, Minter is um, thinking about this. I, I mean, I hope he is. But 
you know, everything else about our defense is fine. But if we're thinking about Ohio State being able to make sure we go to the Big Ten Championship, beating them in Ann Arbor yet again, um, that's got to be we're something that's repeat. on our radar. What's up? Said we're talking three Pete. 97 Natty Championship, baby. But to that point, though, is is allowing a completion over the middle of the field isn't the worst thing that can happen. And I think where we've gotten burned is when our safety is is caught in between two minds. All right, do I keep him in front of me and let him make the catch and then go for a sure tackle, or do I try and blow up the play? and possibly risk missing the tackle altogether. And I think really when we've been exposed is when that's happened, when when our corner or safety has come up and tried to make the play and has just missed, and then there's nobody covering, and then he's able to get yards after the catch. But like you said, we've been limiting that a lot, and really the only big plays they've had is when there was kind of a bad a bad decision and we didn't keep them in front of them. you got to keep keep the receiver in front of you, and just make the sure play instead of trying instead of trying to make a big play and make a big big breakup when it's not there. Bro, I'm not even trying to be like combative right now, but like I don't agree with that because like it really looks like the linebackers are dropping back but they're not going back far enough. They're going like three or five yards back and this post route starts slanting in at ten. So at the most they're ten yards back from the line of scrimmage. And it's just that the fact that like our zones that we're running right now is that like all of our cornerbacks and safeties are down the field, so you're really relying on the on the linebackers to cut off that middle pass, but they're not CBs. They're not. They don't. Yeah. They, they look lost. They look lost in the middle of the field. And this is with our first string defense too. I mean, this happened in the first half. Like, it's happened yeah. a few times. Oh, yeah. So I'm not like just trying to say say like that's wrong because it probably also happened. But I think the bigger issue is like. Because the whole thing with zone is that you really have to have communication going down, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you really need yeah. to make sure you know your zone, literally. Like, where where does my zone end and your zone picks up? And that's the hard part when you start getting du- a double, a twin, or a trips on one side. That'll really fuck up a, a zone real quick, especially if you have multiple patterns running. Or if you have a double on one side, a single on the other side, and then they start crossing the field. A team like Ohio State, a team like Georgia knows how to screw a cover like that. So the thing is, and I think this leads into a really good point, is that your offense has to be there, right? Because, like, inevitably against good teams, I mean, unless you guys both have, like, just lockdown defenses, you're going to score. You're going to have, like, at least 20 points in a game on each side. And, okay, I wouldn't say 20, but, like, you're going to have a couple touchdowns on each team on each side. You know what I'm saying? And if we can figure – if, like you said earlier, if we're limiting that, that's fine. You said this last week. If we hold the people – if we hold people to seven or less points every game, we're going to win. So if this is about limiting and not letting momentum build on the other side because we're ready to go back on our offense, I'm cool with that. Because I – in general, we're, we're really leading a very balanced team right now. It's just like – we got to be careful with these big plays that we give up, though, because that is a momentum changer. If it's a close game, one score, two score game, and and they get a momentum changer like that, and we're away, 
Like, dude, that Penn State. If we're up two touchdowns on Penn State, they get a momentum changer like that, dude. That's a slippery hill to climb. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but I do like the word balance that you mm-hmm. threw in there. Balance. I I believe we are the most balanced team in the country. We've again I agree. five games in, and we've allowed a maximum of seven points in any one of those games. Yeah. And our offense is putting up thirty points a game, thirty plus a game, forty five against Nebraska, which is our best showing of the season. And we mm-hmm. looked really good on Pumped. offense, but Pumped. but yeah, our offense is able to methodically drive down the field, game in and game out, and we don't we don't need huge. 60-yard runs or passes, they're fun when we get them, but we don't need them, and that's not what we're trying to build. We're not trying to build a big play offense um, like some other schools are doing, like, you know, like a USC or something like that. They're they're made on big plays. Um, But we're able to just drive the ball down the field, eat time off the clock, and play lockdown defense. And when your defense can stay off the field and your offense can just keep plugging away, and wearing down their defense, you you're you're setting yourself up for success. Wear down the defense, and then the second half, if you're already up by two or three scores, they've got to start pressing because they have no choice if they want to come back in the game. And we've got we've got a solid defense. Maybe not the best that we've had um, in the past five years, but it's definitely good enough. Damn good defense. And yeah. our offense wears down their defense. So when they start pressing on offense and then we get the ball back, their defense is already gassed. So we can just keep going on the field again and put more points on the board and and basically just nullify anything they're able to do on offense. Well, so, and, and balance. And balance is that, the key. No, That's a good point. No, it's a great point. And I think what I like the most thing about what you said there in general is balance. Like I brought up, you, were, you brought it up. I'm saying legitimately – I'm not too worried about, like, the defense in general. It's just that, like – and like you said, we make – we give them, like, pretty much no options. Like, they have to pretty much run that play. And I will say, exactly. I think our defensive line is looking a lot better than I've seen uh, in a while. Like, Hutchinson was crazy. But, like, as a full line, like, these motherfuckers are getting into the backfield. Like, any one of them is liable at this point. It's not just a big old boy – on the DN getting into the backfield. It is literally everyone batting passes down, making it just so terrifying for any quarterback to spend more than two seconds in a pocket is great because we're keeping them on their toes. But I also like the fact that if you look at who scored these touchdowns today, just because I wrote it down, which is like, you know, again, we're not a stats show, but I was, I, I couldn't believe how many different people were in the end zone. It was Wilson, Mullings, J.J., Wilson, Corum, O'Leary. O'Leary. Like Who the fuck is O'Leary? Exactly. Who the fuck is O'Leary? That's what I'm saying. Is that and it was Good a pass identical. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Second oh, no, stringers uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was a ten yard oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a pass. So yeah, you're right. I mean you're again, right. that was in the second half where, you know, it was already like a, a blowout, but it was a fourth quarter uh, scrimmage it, again. Where I love that we're like getting to the point with all these games where it's pretty much we're either doing recruiting for next year, we're trying to get our second, third, fourth string 
some reps in a real game live situation. But, I mean, I got to tell you, just those first five touchdowns, that's, I mean, the only person who had two is Wilson. And, you know, he's obviously been J.J.'s number one receiver right now. Yeah. But also, even Johnson, even Johnson got a nice little I, – I brought this up. Uh, Johnson had a nice little, like, uh, three, five-yard pass, and then he stiff-yard, stiff-armed someone, got the first down. It was a big first down to keep our momentum going so they couldn't score anything, I believe, in the third quarter. It's like the way that we're balanced in general throughout the whole team is just like, wow. This is a championship-looking team. It's, it's not just because I'm a Michigan fan. This is what I would look for. This is what I used to see when Georgia was doing it, Alabama was doing it, or Georgia's still doing it. But, like, you know, I mean, not not so much this season, I don't think. But we'll get to that later. But, like, you know, when Alabama was just killing people, they had multiple threats. And and they would come at you from anywhere and everywhere. And they loved to do it. And that is one of the biggest and best takeaways that I got from this game is that literally – Everyone was scoring. It was rushes. It was passes. It was QB. Everyone was scoring. And then I looked this up just because I was interested. JJ has the third most rushing yards on the team, just behind Edwards and Corum. JJ is, he is maybe our second best rusher. He may even be our first best rusher. Um, but just, I mean, obviously, Blake Corum, he's the running back. He's going to get the most touches. He's going to get the most opportunities rushing. But J.J. is, he's fast. He might be the fastest guy on the team. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. 40-yard dash-wise, I don't know if he is. But when he gets, when he takes off from the backfield, that dude flies down the field. And yeah, that's the thing about Roman Wilson. I think they say Roman Wilson is the fastest dude on the team, and good for him. And that's why he's our number one receiver for sure, and that's why he's J.J.'s number one target. But I do really like Cornelius Johnson. I think I like him more than Roman Wilson. I don't I know if we utilize him enough, but Cornelius Johnson, he's a big body. He's a big boy, yep. and we can big throw boy. it to him. And as long as he can catch the ball consistently, you know, we we need that right there because when we start playing bigger and badder defenses, we need a big body in there that can just go up against a corner and make a play one-on-one every single time. And he literally did I mean, that. So. He literally did that. He stiff-armed the fuck out of that dude and got first down. Yes. He had, a, he had yes. a break. So it was a stiff-arm to the one dude. He got contact, and he rolled properly. He spun properly to make sure his body was falling forward. And, and yep. I, okay, I'm going to go right into this right now. Dude, I'm going to bring it up. Edwards finally started giving me some hope today. Or, he showed some flashes, but I don't, I don't even want to get into Edwards right now because I want to talk a couple more things. Roman Wilson, again, you know, he had that – our first touchdown was that um, that catch on, on the dude's helmet, just trapped the yeah. ball right on that dude's helmet. I mean, obviously, yeah. Roman Wilson has got hands, and he yeah. knows how to make a play. He knows how to make catch the ball. So – I mean, you can't discount that in any way. That was huge. No that way. Was, I don't think I don't think it was the greatest pass. I think it was going into no. the wind. So maybe McCarthy didn't have didn't have the the proper gauge on the ball. Whatever, it wasn't guess, the greatest ball, that, but he that made. That could have easily been another interception. That could have easily been another interception against a better team, though. As soon as he released it, I put my hands up. I said, "Oh no, what are you doing?" But it was right. a fantastic catch by Roman Wilson for sure. Um. 
but also what you touched on is uh, the defensive line. Defensive line is looking big, and the the defensive line, they didn't – Nebraska had almost no rushing yards the entire game. (laughs) I think they had 30-something rushing yards plus the one big carry, you know, against our second and third string. It was a 74-yard rush, which was 75% of their rushing yards for the entire day. So you take out that play, they had 30 rushing yards all day long. And you're going to yep. tell me you're, that we're going to give up 30 rushing yards, 50 rushing yards in a game? Yeah, you take that every single day. And so they had, just, they, just, they had just over 100 rushing yards. Even that is like, all right, we'll, we'll give anybody, we'll give Ohio State 100 rushing yards. Easy. If we give them 100 rushing yards, you expect to win that game. Like, that is your game plan. That's your ML right there. And so, yeah, I totally agree that our defensive line is looking good this year. It, it, it's scary. Like, just looking at the replay or, like, when they're showing them come up to the line, just just their faces are wide. It's not even their body. Just their face. It's like, Jesus, you could block a hole with your head. Like They are filling out those helmets, if that's what you mean. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Freaking Jenkins looking like a motherfucker. Oh, Jeez, man, like it's, whew, it's scary. I like Chris Jenkins a lot. Yeah. Oh man, he, he, dude, he's fast too. He's, not, I mean, like, yeah. I don't even, yeah. I don't know his exact weight, but he's definitely over three. And it's like, dude, this dude is fast though too. Which is like, <laughs> dude, another guy, McGregor, he's trying to make a name for himself. Dude. I know. I'm thinking, is that Connor's Connor's cousin or something? Who is that right. guy? Right. like the, it's like the. He likes the physical contact, man. This guy. Yeah. He had some big plays last week. He he even um he was even just pushing bodies. It was that fourth down play. I forgot about yeah, that until just yeah. now. Yeah, it was that fourth down play. He didn't even make a tackle or anything, but he pushed his he pushed his blocker straight yep. into the quarterback, which didn't allow the quarterback to go forward. So no, he didn't get the tackle, but he broke the right. play up just by and pushing his man forward. And that's what I was saying about it's not just a Hutchinson anymore. It's literally yeah. the whole line working in coordination yeah. with each other to make sure yep. that that fourth down didn't happen. Because even though we pretty much had the game at that point, again, against a bigger team, a better team, you, you there's there's never enough points. There's never enough points. You don't know what could go wrong. There could be so many turnovers, just like we saw. We had, we had, we, we had three batted passes uh, by the line alone. You never know what the heck could happen yep. in the span of 12 minutes. You know, it, it's it's those types of plays that are just getting me, like, really excited again, trying to temper the excitement. I feel like I've been the least excited about uh, talking to you about Michigan football than I have been in the last seven years just so I could try to, like, make sure I'm not getting overexcited. Because well, exactly to that point, I could be talking on my ass, but it was Ohio State last season. I believe it was against Penn State. And they had that that one dude who just turned up that game, and and he made a couple big, huge, huge plays on succession. And I think it was a close game, and Ohio State scored 21 points in like two minutes. And it's like the game was over after that, exactly because of defense, 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 defense. And they just they started blowing up plays, and you you don't even have to do it that long. But if you have a five-minute stretch where you cause two turnovers and then your offense also scores, like, 
game over. A total momentum shift right there. Exactly. And and the thing is also that they brought up in the game about our defense is that we have the second least penalties yardage in the league. That's a big stat right there. I didn't know that, that's but I believe it. Watch, stat. Watching these games, that's that is a that is a great point too. Is we have been so disciplined in so many different ways. Going back to the Bay so disciplined. disciplined everywhere. Again, you know, Don Brown defense. We played lockdown defense all the time, and and half half the other team's yardage would be just on penalties. We would get pass interference every other pass. It seemed like they would just throw the ball downfield and wait yep. for a pass interference and just march down the field like that. And then come Ohio State time, that kills you. That burns you because then their athletes can match up with our athletes and you know all that. And you know one on one you get burned, but then the penalties is you know third and seventeen. And you give up a 15-yard personal foul, pass interference—not personal foul, but pass interference—automatic first down. Like Jesus, what is going on? Yeah, no, I know. And flags—I mean, flags killed Nebraska's drives like constantly this game. Yep. And it's just really nice to see that we're not on that side of it. I don't think it's ever been that bad, to be real, like to some teams, but. It like just the worst times it's happened to us. So it's really nice yeah. to know that our defense is solid. We're it's solid without giving up penalties, which is huge. It's huge. It's huge. And yeah. you know that paired with the offense that we're going into with right now is ridiculous. And I'm I'm gonna bring it back up, okay? Because I've been just really hard on Edwards this whole time. I will say that he's at least showed me this this week that like he understands that he needs to find the hole because even though he still got kind of like you know tripped up sometimes here or there he at least had some five eight ten yard runs this game yeah he did and I noticed that I noticed that while I was watching saying all right hope you saw that Al hope you saw that because yeah he, he is able to explode through the hole and if it's there he can get it he he is going to be a weapon. We just have not found how to utilize him quite yet this season. So the thing is that what he started doing was falling forward like I wanted him to start doing yep. the whole time. He's he's finally saying like, bro, even though I can't get that hundred yard run that I want right now, I'm gonna get these two yards so we set ourselves up better for a second down or a third down. And that's what I was so disappointed in the whole time. It's like, bro, you don't need to break a goddamn run for 20 yards every single time. We need you to get this second and seven to a third and two, a third and three. I'll take a third and four because Loveland's hands have been on fire right now. We can do a quick, we can do a quick tight end slant with JJ from the shotgun timing play. It's going to the dirt. And the only person who's going to be able to catch that five yards out is Loveland. We need you to make sure that we get within third and five. Yeah. And that's what I saw him do today. He made sure that we got to third and five for the most part. Um, you know, it was a good litmus test for him today just because they they showed the stat on the on the uh, the broadcast. Nebraska gave up like forty six point seven yards per care uh, yards per game rushing for all the other teams that they played. And again, they haven't played shit. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a huge, like, thing to rest on. But at the same point, 
to see that like he's running against a defense that has been trying to pride themselves on rush defense. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I, and I'll give him credit where credit's due. I, I love that. I, and you know, he still had a few good receptions uh, today as well. Um, he definitely got us a first down or two finally, you know, like he's, I, I like that, but you know, seeing him do what he did. And then I saw Mullings like, bro, Mullings confirmed today or this past That week. kid's looking good. He's looking good and, and he, too bad he's a senior. Hey, you know what though? He did just make like a huge position change slash side swap. Yep. So like yep. an NFL coach looking at that means that's coachable. He's coachable. Oh that's yeah. The hardest player to find is a coachable player. Cause these motherfuckers got so many egos now especially when you've got the NIL paying these kids. It's like, bro, can you fall in line or not? And with him, dude, he at least had three first downs for us. And they were not close, like, inches. It was like five yards after the first down. Oh, dude, he had a a 20-yard run. And, I mean, he's a big body with speed. With speed. So this is what I actually started thinking about. This is what I started thinking about when I saw him uh, do his – his his rush into the end zone. So he had the wherewithal, which I still think Edward has. He just hasn't been showing it enough this season to go a little bit left, a little bit right. He had a little bit of lateral movement, but he kept going downfield like Edwards does. So he had the quorum. He 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 was almost like the right in between between Corum and Edwards. He I, I I just I just thought about Jimmy. Like right when I thought about that, I was like God. This guy knows what he's doing because he's literally the running back that's right in between Corum and Edwards. Mullings is a taller, heavier running back, but he's not so heavy that he can't have the left or right uh, lateral movement at all. He's, he's learning that from Corum, but then he's like, okay, Edwards is going down the field too. I got to be a big body like I am. So he still has that big uh, like up, up and down mentality. But he yeah. knows how to just shift just a little bit because the shift on that um, that run into the end zone wasn't anything huge. He just didn't run straight into the guy. He literally yep. just in, instead of going six inches, he went six inches to the right or the left instead of going straight. And that's one of my biggest complaint about Edwards, and he showed glimpses of that today for sure. But Mullings is like he's been doing that. And he's been doing it this whole season, and you're right. He is literally like a wrecking ball. That's what I, I I'm gonna start calling him the wrecking ball, bro. Because like, there's if you give him a two yard run up, and he's free for two yards past the line of scrimmage, he's going for eight. Yeah, he like, he breaks through the line with speed, and that's yeah, the thing is is yeah, because because exactly exactly what you're saying, Donovan Edwards. If there's a hole he can get through the line with speed, but he's not a tackle breaker. Blake Corm, he can break a couple tackles and he can get through the line. He's not as, he's definitely not slow, but he's not as quick as either Edwards or Mullings, but he's shifty. Blake Corm is shifty and he's hard to bring down. And I got to tell Edwards, you. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Donovan Edwards, he's quicker and he he may be, a little shiftier in the open field than Blake Corum could be. But Khalil Mullings, he brings the power. 
He does. He he Boys. he runs up and down the field. And yeah, also Boys what I wanted to say too. Also Boys what I wanted to say too about Donovan. Donovan. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Mullings had cemented we have three straight up running back options today for this past week for me. Oh, that for sure. Is it is not a two running back game at all. And Mullings is more than in the whole conversation. He he's but, literally the dude that you're like, he's probably getting the ball. And the reason why you think he's getting the ball is because the only time he's come in is during times where we're like up by at least twenty at that point. But I think today he broke that mold. He's like, no, 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 we're still up by like by whatever. But I should be getting the ball when we're only up by seven. When we're yeah. when we need a big third down and three, you better put me in against Ohio State. I'm getting you that three fucking yards. Like it's going to, we're moving the chain. Like that's what I love about Mullen. We're moving the chain. He moves chains. But that's also I I wanted to say that too is that yeah we do have three running backs that can be utilized game in and game out in any situation, yeah. but. I do think we are establishing a clear number one in Blake Corum, which yeah. has been different from the past year or two where it kind of has been, you know, pretty even split of yeah. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Um, and, and it really has been a two running back system, but we do this season, we have a, a featured back, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. Looking at the stats again, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum both had similar amount of carries. Um, but for whatever reason, Blake Corum had almost double the yardage. But again, I, I think I think it's almost by design. We're trying to utilize Donovan Edwards. We're trying to show that he's available, and we're trying to figure out how to use him. But I, it's a clear, number one, Blake Corum is our running back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you should just call Corum the dairy farmer where he churns. Like, he definitely put the butter on the Cornhuskers today. Like, the kids oh, yeah. don't stop. He literally carried a 300-plus lineman to the first down marker. Like, oh, yeah. and that's the tenacity that I, you, again, you can't teach it. You cannot teach what Corum does. He, they, they threw up a stat, like, the NFL Combine tries to put up, I think it's 235, however many times. He put it up 231, or I'm sorry, 31 times. And it's like eight other people in the last combine were able to beat that, including Lyman last year. Like the kid is literally just a brick house that's short. And he yeah, that was a crazy stat when, they, when they said that. That was crazy. What? I said that was a crazy stat when they said that. Is it exactly yeah. beating out linemen? You're telling me yeah. that linemen, offensive and defensive linemen, weren't even right. beating that? Like, exactly. No. Only a handful of guys in the entire the kid, draft class were better than that? Holy turning, dude. Like, you give him some cream, he's got butter in two seconds. Like, it's not even close. And I got to tell you, like, the way that he was able to carry to the first down marker a few times just this game, but, like, all season, he literally just – I saw with his rushing touchdown, he literally just hit the line looked like he disappeared, and then he ended up three yards into the end zone. I was like, yeah. where the hell did he just come from? It doesn't even make sense how he got there from there. Like, yeah. it looked like he went underwater for a second and then popped up after needing to take a breath. And it's just, 
the kid is so slippery. He's got the leg strength to, like, do whatever the hell he wants to do. And, it's yes, we definitely have a number one running back. It's unfortunate that Mullings is a senior. I don't know if he has any kind of eligibility next year or not. But with Edwards being a junior, I mean, he's looking at these guys right now. He, I mean, he's going to be back. Being, he's got to be back. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Edwards needs to come back already. Like, he's not even having nearly as good of a season as he can next year, for one thing, but should yeah. to go to the league. There's no way. Like, it looks like he can get stopped in general by shitty teams right now. Like, I'm glad that he was able to do this against Nebraska. And honestly, it still wasn't that impressive, but he was at least getting mostly positive yards this game. But that's yeah. not a good look going into the NFL draft. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I pretty much, like, plus or minus about two. It's like, dude, no, that's not what we're looking for, man. Like, Well, and also, also, I don't, again, don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but getting into the nitpicky, we've, past two seasons, we had the best offensive line in the nation. And I'm not so positive that we're going for a three-peat in that area this season. What? Offensive line has been good and J.J. hasn't been pressured all that much this season at all, and they've been really good pass blocking. But sometimes we, we, haven't, had, we haven't had huge running plays like we did all of last season. Last season we ran the ball game in, game out, all game long. We ran, 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 ran. I don't know and about that, that bro. Because, like, dude, our offensive line, they even brought this up this game. They, we've had three sacks all season, nine tackles for a loss. Most That's of those exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly Edwards. what I'm saying. But what's Dude, our longest rush of the season? It's not, it's not our what's line. Our... It's no way it's our line. No way. No, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. All I right. Don't. Well, we'll see. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. Beg to differ because. Mullins cause I, and Cora I, make I it work. So. Donovan Edwards, I guarantee you, was six of our nine tackles for a loss. Like. I'm sorry, dude. There's no way. It's Donovan Edwards' problem. It's not an O-line problem, bro. We have we have some of the sickest line in the country for sure. We, think, we, we can talk about that I later think on. But I like, think they're better pass blocking this season, and they're they're not quite as good run blocking. And I think Blake Corum, exactly what you were saying, being shifty and not being able to find them and going underwater and popping up, I think Blake Corum has been making the, the run blocking look better than what it was last season. Okay, I will or, say that because not, he does not, very not better than what it was last least. season. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it was better than last does, season, but I'm I'm trying to trying to say right, that it, but, it making Blake Horm is making them look better than what they are currently. No, I get that, but okay, and I'll even give you that. But at least Blake Horn's getting five yards up the field after the line of scrimmage and then he runs into a pile and then he carries them to the first down marker. Devin Edwards until this game has been getting stopped in the line every single time. And I know you talk about this pinch. I'm sorry, bro. That's not that, – that's, that's part of the resume and part of the job description of a running back. You need to be able to find the hole. We are blocking for you, but you it's not always going to be the four hole. It's not always going to be the seven. It's, it's like you've got to figure out where the line is going and how you need to move at this point because the line can only do so much for you until the line of scrimmage. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, but we haven't. How many how many twenty yeah, yard runs have we had no all season? How many thirty yard runs have we had like all season? In the league right now, bro. There's, that's wild. That's wild. That's a how wild. How many thirty game. yard runs have we had this season? 
that's not that's many. what we were just talking about. That's Last what we were talking about. We're we trying, had... that's, not, that's not our game plan. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That's not our game plan, though. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to so methodically. You're, so you're going to tell me that the offensive line is trying to block but not block too good? No. That's what you're trying to say right now? No, 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 no. We're <laughs> running plays to play the clock out. Quorum will break these runs. Mullings has broken these runs. Who yeah, has- but last season it was like every game we had a 30-yard rush at least. Every game we had a we had a huge explosive run. This season we haven't had huge explosive runs. We've had one or two all season long. We again we've been moving the ball down the field. We've been solid. We've been getting the job done. But they are not as good as they were last season. I disagree with that, but we'll see what happens at the end of the season. I don't think they're I don't think they're better, but I don't think they're worse. I think we're looking solid as hell on the offensive line. It looks solid. So you think think we're setting up setting ourselves up for another best offense? I forget what the fuck they call that award. I know. Um, (laughs) We gotta get that one down. I mean, (laughs) but but you're saying we're gonna win it again, and I don't I don't think at this point that we're in that position. We're we're definitely in the conversation. Nine tackles for a loss makes you in that position right now. Yes, going into this game. Yeah, we're in that position, but we're not we're not as good as we were last year. And I'll stand by that. That's all I got to say about that. All right, we'll move on from that. But I will say that oh, the offensive line has been giving a fortress for JJ to throw in. Like it is pretty much hundred percent undeniable castle. What? J.J. McCartney, McCarthy has had so much time back there to make decisions. He has had he so much time. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Our 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 pass blocking has been out of this world. 100% agree with that. It, and it's beautiful to watch it, too, because they, they're so coordinated. Because you see, like, the weak side of the line. By weak, I mean, like, less players on the side. They know where the wall is going up. The weak side is kind of just taking a huge step back, making like a fish hook, and then the strong side just falls backwards all the way. And then J.J. has like this huge wall to his right or left, depending on what side the strong side is. And then they all know, the quarterback and the line knows, if he's going to run, it's like 80% that he's going to go towards the weak side because that's where the outlet is. If they break through the strong side, we're kind of fucked. But they don't allow that to happen. Like, if anything, they, like, cross each other's legs to make sure that it doesn't happen on the strong side. And then J.J. knows himself that this play is going to the weak side. Like, my window is on the weak side. But I know I have backside coverage on the strong side as I'm looking toward the weak side. It's It's been really it's, – it's really been nice to watch, to be honest. Like, and – the, the the pocket doesn't break down up the middle. Because I saw something else uh, on J.J.'s run to the end zone. Yeah. The end of the line, as it was collapsing into the pocket, let someone come through on the outside middle, but be, to make sure that no one could – because they were far enough behind the line of scrimmage where J.J. could step up, and J.J.'s that smart where he knows when he has to step up in the pocket because it's kind of collapsing. They let someone who had no chance of even grabbing him as long as J.J. stepped up go through. But they blocked yeah. down, they double-teamed the dude who was going to blow that whole play up, and they just let the other guy through. And that dude, that was that was pretty damn nice. That was 
that was that was something I was like, okay. Because I almost got upset at first. This is why I'm remembering it so much. I almost got pissed at the replay. And then I saw what was happening, though, because J.J. wasn't even looking that way. He was, his eyes were downfield. It's almost like the linemen could see where J.J.'s eyes were and just, like, knew he was not going anywhere toward that direction anymore. Let him through, block down. It was crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was one of the most coordinated things between an offensive lineman and a quarterback I've ever seen. And then J.J. just decides to step up. And then one of the receivers, I don't remember who it was right now, but, dude, the receiver was so aware that he, he, was like, he was, like, looking back towards J.J. to, like, see if he was going to throw it to him. But then he almost, like, before J.J. even crossed the line of scrimmage, he's like, oh, no, no, he's not throwing. And then he blocked down the fucking cornerback, uh, where it could have been a linebacker, cornerback, free safety. Some back in the middle of the field on the defensive side. He he blocked him the fuck down, and JJ just had a clear path right to the end zone. Because if that receiver didn't block that guy down, he could have totally tackled uh, JJ before uh, maybe in the five. I mean, it was that was huge. That was a huge block. Like, yeah, I I gotta well, say I... that's something that, that's something I noticed in this game too. The coordination between the unspoken communication between our offense right now is like telepathic it, it's it is good it's looking really good because JJ was throwing in zingers today because yeah you I was had some bullets I was complaining about this last couple of weeks is that like if you were to just lead them a little bit more they would have got 5 10 20 touchdown yards after that you know and like today coverage it was like man coverage a couple different times and he just threw it to where he knew his receiver could only catch it they didn't get yards after carry but it was a 15 yard pass downfield first down move the chains you know it it was trust in the receivers all day today and you know besides the Wilson one which is like okay I'm not going to say that he knew Wilson was going to do that um the TD, the first TD, uh, you know, yeah. good, good on Wilson for making JJ look better than he was in that oh, play. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. you know, in general, besides that pass, the whole game, like, dude, JJ was again dialed in, routing from oh, yeah. like, like he was feeling himself today. And it was really good to see, you know, I said, don't touch the touch, you know, because he did look good today. I'm not gonna lie, he he looked good. But no, JJ, JJ, I think this was his best best game of the season, that's for sure. There there yeah. was there was there was uh twelve for sixteen. He's got a, before this game he had a seventy nine percent completion rate, so seventy five is gonna actually take him down a little bit. That's kinda of funny. Um, I believe that's the best in the nation still though. So, I, I mean, he's I, the I most accurate passer sure, there is. I got to believe it. And to yeah. see a 75, only only 12 passes completed for two passing touchdowns, that's not bad. Pretty good ratio. So, like. But, again, talking about having all day back there to throw, and then when there's nobody open, the kid's got wheels. Taken off from you know, wherever he was in the backfield, but for a 21-yard rush, 
into the end zone, and he still had room. He was untouched into the end zone. Not yeah, only is he fast, but but he just catches everybody off guard because he's got all day back there to throw, and nobody's waiting for him to run. They're waiting for him to make a pass because they know that he can put it anywhere he wants to. And so on that rush, that's exactly what happened, is they had they had lockdown, lockdown defense on our wide receivers, and yep. they just gave him all day to run. And then there was another scramble where there was a little bit of pressure, and you know he turned he turned it to the outside, running running to the left, which is not his good way to run, and he flung into the back of the end zone. I forget who. I was I just about to bring it up. It was Roman. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I was just about to bring that, that, was, up. that was a, body. That was a great throw on the run. Great oh. throw on the run. Perfect Dude. placement. Great catch in the end. Where's hips, shoulders, just like I talked yeah. about last episode. That's what I'm saying. He's athletic. That's ab workout. That is literally like he is so – and they even talked about it. I remember that play vividly because that's the hardest play for a quarterback to do. On the run, opposite, opposite way, cross your body throw. Dude, and yeah. he and it was it was a spiral, and it wasn't a bullet. That was what was nice. He had some touch on it, but it had speed. It wasn't like a dart, though. It was it was it was – Slightly lofted with some pace, but it was straight, and it was there was no duck to it at all. And he's running opposite his arm, doing that like dude. And they they said it on the broadcast. It's an NFL throw. Like that's what Patrick Mahomes does on the reg. Like, and I you know I oh, yeah. hear there about oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, but I gotta tell you that's what he does. He's he's shifty, and that's what I love seeing about JJ right now is that dude. That pass was something that that gave me like I already had all the confidence in the world about JJ. That was like the last check, the last tick I would like to see before we go into like real Big Ten gameplay here. I loved seeing that he could do that. Well, again, that's how that's exactly how you win national championships is when there's nothing there. Your quarterback buys you a little extra time, and he's on the run, and then maybe even the defense starts to commit to him running. And he's able to make a perfect throw on the run. It, it's unstoppable, and that's exactly. Or the sideline too. He was almost out of bounds yeah. through that shit. Yep, yep. Back of the end zone where only his receiver could get it. No chance. One of an foot. I think it was a one foot reception. Yeah, that's that's how you beat Ohio State. That's how you win a Big Ten championship. That's how you win playoff games. Yeah. And that's what I love about our receiving core right now too. They're making looks happen, like when the when the route is like done being ran, and JJ's still trying to figure stuff out in the pocket. They're getting open, because I guarantee you, Roman Wilson, that was not drawn up in the playbook to run the back line of the end zone. No, you know no. what I'm saying? Like he he found space, but they're on that telepathic communication right now. That Wilson sees JJ rolling out to the left. He's He's probably on the right side of the end zone right now, and he made himself free in the end zone for him to be able to throw that ball, which is like, you again, you can't teach that. Like, you need to understand timing. Because if you, if, you, if you were to make that run too quick to that corner of the end zone, the cornerback would have been on him by the time J.J. could have thrown it. Yeah, you run out of space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now J.J. has to run out of bounds. For a loss. And that's what I'm seeing is like it's not just that we have a great quarterback in JJ. 
We've got this receiving core right now. And again, Cornelius Johnson, we haven't even heard his name all year pretty much. And it's like that dude is a good he's a good receiver. He's one hell of a freaking receiver. But we haven't heard his name that much and and that's just how we're checking down right now. And that's the biggest thing I think I take away from the Nebraska game is that not only can we go away, we have so many levels of like it reminds me of the Confederate Army. Like the whole thing about the Confederate Army is that they just had numbers and they would just line up in these formations where like they would just keep replacing it. So if you shot down a full quadrant of their like their line, they would have a full new quadrant right there, like right after you did it. And it's like, nope, we're not even hurt yet. We're not even hurt yet. We're not even hurt yet. And it's like, dude, I'm not saying like it's exactly the same thing, but like to be able to replace your lines of, you know, defense, offense, whatever. Next man. It's like war. Well, that is that is Jimmy's philosophy. Next man up. There's always somebody else real willing to take his place, and who's going to be a drop-in replacement just as good. That's that's exactly what you want, and yeah. that's exactly and, what we're doing right now. Exactly. For us to have a check down to Cornelius, Cornelius Johnson, I, you know, that's that's a problem for any team in this league right now. And that's what I was Cornelius saying earlier. Johnson, like you said, is, 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 he's no small boy. He's got hands. He can get yards after catch, and it's uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, it's it when he is your check down receiver. That's a scary thing because, like yeah. I said, I, I he yeah. is my favorite receiver on the team. I I like him a lot, and I feel like his hands could get a little better. He's had he's had some drops in his career, um, but yeah, he is a big body, fast, and and. It, he's hard to cover. You can't cover somebody that's bigger than you. He's always supposed to win that matchup. Yep. Hundred percent. And uh, I mean, so we, you know, we we pretty much fully covered a lot of things that happen in this game right now. Um, just a few things that you know I saw. They were a little bit more of like the. Uh, what do they call them? The the unquantifiables, the uh, off the stat sheet kind of thing. Did you notice? Like, yeah. and, and this has been like the whole season. Every time we wrap someone up, and like the guy who's wrapping them up, like knows they're going down. Like even if they give up like an extra half yard, they're they know they're going down. Dude, we're punching the ball so well right now. Like, like dude, no no reception safe. No rusher is safe. We are literally it our hand our defender's hand is punching the ball. It's whether or not it's coming out. They're making contact with the ball so many times on these tackles that like I I love that. I dude, Minter, dude, just instilling like the play's not done when you wrap them up. The play is done when that ball comes out and we get it back. Like our our defense is looking ruthless right now, bro. Well, and then after the initial hit, there's an extra two, three hats flying to the ball every single oh, yeah. play. That's exactly what oh, we yeah. need. Exactly. Haven't needed them because, it's, it's like you fast. said, they've all been wrapped up. They've all been taken to the ground. But, but we've got the extra manpower there for the one time we need it. 
question. And the one time we caused a fumble, they were talking about our helmet stickers, and they even like mentioned the fump, like the fumble that we just caused while they're talking. It's, this stuff yeah. is happening so often yeah. that they they're trying to take a like a broadcast break in between like plays and 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 they're literally missing like a huge turnover possibility on the broadcast right now it's it's it, it's really funny at this point like it, it's it's getting to the point again this is where like that bravado of being a Michigan fan try to put it down a little bit but at some level it's like dude we I really could not ask more of what we've been doing right now um I, I you know 45-0 was the score line. And then we put in – we put in our second and third string defense before that, too. We put in our we – saw, we saw four quarterbacks today. We saw five different running backs today. Um, yeah. Like, the the 45 – we, we put all those people in when it was 38-0. Like, our second, third string offense scored that last touchdown. That was, that was yep. not, that was not our our boy. So I just love that we're at the point now that we can start using these games as a live practice, live scrimmage, and really get our up and coming players those reps that they need to kill their um, nervousness when they get into these big games. Yeah, I think it was a total and complete performance and a balanced one at that. We had. We had everything going for us, everything going for us. We had um, rushing, passing, defense, and first string, second string, third string. Everybody was firing all, on all cylinders. Nebraska had the one big play, and that's pretty much it all game long. Like, there's you, you, you got to be proud of that. Everybody's yep. proud of that. On the road, in Lincoln. On the road. First, yeah, and I gotta tell you, that's one of the hardest places to play in the country on the road because of what we talked about way early in the show. Like, they don't have anything else. This is literally it. Like, yeah. they take it seriously as they they take it seriously, man. Like, this is life or death for a lot of fans out there. So, for us to come in there and just kind of do what we did. Hundred year old stadium? I did not know that. They, that's what they said. Hundred years old? That's wild. Um, it's been around for a minute. So I mean, if there was one way to like say we're not just doing the home cooking like they were talking about, I think against Nebraska, even though they've been they've been quite shitty for the last few years. Like, let's not get that twisted at all. Like, I fully understand. Yeah. Nebraska's not the litmus test if we can go on the road at a big game. That's going to be Penn State. But, you know, besides that, what else can you do? You can't ask them to go play at Penn State against Nebraska. Like, you know, it's not – you can't ask for anything else but what we just did today. And, you know what, the fact that we had four home games off the bat, I was definitely a little bit worried about that. That that definitely did scare me. (laughs) Like, Well, actually, now that you say that, funny that you do say that. I forgot to mention – this is the first time all season we covered the spread. It was it was only a 17-point spread today, but that's because we're on the road in the Big Ten. But this is the yep. first time we covered all season, which is actually pretty surprising in my eyes. But, yeah. but we finally did it. Finally finally got through that. That is funny. I didn't even finally know that. Finally beat the expectation. 
I think last yeah. week we lost it by half a point. I think the spread was 24 and a half last week, and we and we won by only 24. But today that the spread was only was 17, and we won by 38. So yeah, that's a good look I mean, on the road. Good luck. Yep. Really good luck. Really good luck. I uh, like where we're going. Speaking of going on the road, uh, we got Minnesota at Minnesota next week. And just to kind of put it in perspective. Already? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to put it in perspective, we – Minnesota beat Nebraska at home 13-10. to So, Mm. I'm not saying too much. I'm not going to say too much right now, but, you know, let's be real. They beat Nebraska 13-10 to at home. We beat them 45-7, really 45-0, even without our first string being in there the whole time. This is a this is an absolute, we need to do the same thing to Minnesota this game. And I know the little brown jug, I think I mentioned that on the first one. You know, that was my first game that we went to. It was like 13-6. to uh, We won at the big house, but come on, little brown jug. It doesn't mean shit. Fuck that. Minnesota's trash. We need to make That's sure the trophy like game. Don't talk shit about a trophy. Are you kidding me? Dude, it's a bullshit trophy. When has Minnesota ever been good? I don't know off the top of my head, but probably at some point they were decent. All right. The only reason, the only reason why I like that trophy is because when I search U of M on Google, Way too many times it gives me University of Minnesota instead of University of Michigan. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> I believe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. How? I don't even understand how. Like, I'm, I can almost guarantee you we were established before, and we have a bigger alumni base. What is – I don't even understand. How, I feel like someone at Google was like a Ohio State fan or like a Michigan State fan who wrote that quote. Like, I don't understand, like, how they're actually – popping up more often for me than not Minnesota and Michigan. But that's the only reason why I want to beat them. Like, okay, that's not the only reason. But, like, that's, like, Minnesota, that little brown jug is, like, all right, it's a it's a fun thing to make sure that the players are still, like, excited about this game. That's what it is. It, there's nothing more to that trophy than that. Cause it's tradition. I, yeah, it is tradition. It's tradition to beat up on Minnesota. And that's it's tradition for that jug I'm... to be in Ann Arbor. What's that? Said so it's tradition for that little brown jug to be in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh yes, I will agree with that. But I'm just saying we gotta treat them the same way we treated Nebraska. They're closer. They stole the U of M. And there's, you know, honestly, we should be more upset about it. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not that I'm not worried about Minnesota, but we really need to put on another clinic, is what I'm saying. And at this point, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm expecting. We showed we could do it against Nebraska. Um, I don't necessarily want to say I believe Minnesota's a weaker team, but I believe Minnesota's a weaker team. The only thing it is, it's a primetime game, 7.30 kickoff in Minnesota. It's going to be a little bit cooler. Nebraska was hot. Nebraska, they said 90 degrees at kickoff. 93. 
Yeah, so we're looking sub 60 degree temperatures for this game. So it's it's going to be a different game all around. Night game, away, cooler temperatures, Big Ten football. That's what we like to see in the fall. Yeah, I mean, oh, all right. I mean, Minnesota's three and two, so it's pretty much where Nebraska would have been if they didn't play us this week. Um, <laughs> um. Minnesota's so, going to try and roll that boat. I'll tell you that much, but, but I yeah, think but Michigan can stop it. We're trying to put a tanker in the water. We're trying to get that ship. So, yep. yeah. Also, I just looked up the standings to see Minnesota's record. It is laughable somehow that they're ranking Penn State and Maryland above Michigan right now. I know it's got to be because of some stupid – like point differential or something like that, but like, I well, I saw that game. earlier too, and I wasn't quite sure. I know Penn State because they have three conference wins. I get that. Well, actually, no, I, that's actually exactly what it is because Penn State has three conference wins, and Maryland becomes okay. comes before Michigan in the alphabet. That's the reason right there. Yeah, because even Ohio State's below Michigan, Maryland, and Penn State too. So it's like. It's just funny. Um, so that's another thing too. Is like, okay, Minnesota being three and two. I, I don't know. They lost both games away. They've won all, all their games at home. So I guess that might play into the whole kind of symphony of things that we're going to talk about this next broadcast that we listen to. But I mean, they lost dude, to Northwestern. Northwestern blows. Dude, <laughs> dude. Oh my God. I can't. <laughs> I talk about this, man. It's like Northwestern is just a thorn in everyone's side in the Big Ten, bro. Well, they put up a tight game against Penn State last week, 10-10 going into the half until they got bent over in the second half. (laughs) All that needs to be said about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, yep. But, uh, I mean, we're looking good going into Minnesota. Not very much to really complain about at this game. I mean, really nothing. Um, Three running backs, easy. All of our quarterbacks can really do something. Denigal had a freaking touchdown pass to O'Leary. How we do that, like. I mean, just 45-0 is really what I like to see. Of course, we wanted to see the shut shutout, but I just love that this game, at least, we didn't give up points even in the first half. Cause we, we've given up points yeah, earlier in almost every single game. Actually, I'm yeah. pretty sure every game before this. And it was really good to see our first away game with Big Ten play being none of that. They got their yeah. first score within four minutes of the game ending. So, like... I I am very confident, cautiously, to go on the road. Uh, it's always different when we go on the road. Um, but the way that we are balanced right now, that you brought up earlier in the in the show, I'm not I'm not worried because I looked I looked at the uh, balance of pass to rush. I mean, we had a lot more rushing than passing this game again. I think I I don't think we've had a game that's more than 
more rush, uh, more passing than rushing. I, I definitely could be wrong on that. It's not a stat show. But, it, I mean, for sure, we've been running so much more than I've seen. Even – I feel like we've been running more than we even did last year, you know. And we're really just telling people, like, try to stop us up the middle. You can't. And I love seeing that. I looked at the time of possession this this game. It was almost double. We almost had double the time of possession that Nebraska had. I mean – that's our MO. Yeah. Bleed that clock. You know, consider yeah. me the Red Cross where I accept blood donations. I'm going to bleed the shit out of you. Like, yeah. you know, we're just trying to bank up blood. We're just trying to bank up that time. Because when you keep the ball in your offense's hands and your defense can just stop them at the line, let alone have huge breakups slash tackles for no gain after reception it's it's looking like a winning winning formula right now and i'm gonna start getting a little less humble as this season continues but i think that's the least humble thing i've said all all season so far could be all i gotta say is i will see you for some more banter after the minnesota game That sounds good to me, baby. All right, guys. This has been Big House Banter. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll be back next week for a nice recap and then look into the future. Talk to you next time. All right, man. Go Blue.